0: I'll be reading Psalms 93. The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. Indeed, the world is established firm and secure. Your throne was established long ago. You are from all eternity. The seas have lifted up, Lord. The seas have lifted up their voice. The seas have lifted up their pounding waves. mightier than the thunder of great Great waters, mightier than the breakers of the sea. The Lord is high, is mighty. Your statutes, Lord, stand firm. Holiness adorns your house for endless days. Good evening. Uh, It's great to have everybody back with us again tonight. Uh, It's like preaching in two different auditoriums. If you haven't stood up here at this time of day, it gets really bright. Uh, It's kind of the opposite of what you'd expect. Uh, At at night, it gets bright. Uh, But I love this time of year. Uh, I love this time of year when it starts to warm up, and if you're like me, you're probably aching for that day that it's going to hit, 80 degrees, uh, the day when it's going to finally be officially spring, not just technically spring, uh, and start to finally warm up. I want to apologize to anybody who sat downstairs this morning. Apparently, I may have caused some hearing damage uh, because I may have had the mic a little too high on my tie, and... Uh, just want to tell that everybody, if you're sitting downstairs, next time they have volume things on the side of the TV. Uh, no, but I do apologize. I think it was a little bit loud this morning. I may have given Calvin carpal tunnel because he's not used to making the cameras move back and forth like that. And he's following me uh, all morning. So, uh, Have you ever been lost? Have you ever been lost or lost something that was ex- of extreme value to you? If you have, and I'd say most of us have in some way, in some form or fashion, and you can think about all those unique stories that you have, you know the feelings that go with that. Uh, There's probably anxiety, Uh, there was fear, There is this feeling of, am I going to find my way out, or am I going to be able to find it? It's not a good feeling to be lost. Uh, It's especially not a good feeling to be lost spiritually. And for us, I think sometimes when we've had this emotion in the past of what it felt like to lose something or what it felt like to be lost, in that moment, we fully get this. We get all those emotions that go with it. We get everything that comes along with it. But then once we're out of that situation, it can really easily leave us. And we can forget all about what it was like to feel that way. And it's the same thing when it comes to reaching out to the lost. Uh, same thing when it comes to when we're only when we're struggling ourselves with being lost, that we can easily fall in this trap where it doesn't really affect us the same way. It doesn't matter in the same way. We're going to spend most of our time tonight in Luke chapter 15. If you'd like to turn over there, uh, and we're going to look at these parables of the lost parables and. In, in the traditional sense, I, I hope your mind goes there, of uh, the way we think about them. Uh, obviously, in these stories, Jesus is talking about us reaching out to the lost. He opens up and it says, kind of like when he reaches out to Matthew that we talked about this morning, it says they were talking about him. They were bashing Jesus because he was sitting and he was eating with these sinners. And then Jesus goes to tell these stories, these parables about what it means to be lost, about the emotion that comes with reaching out to the lost, with finding a, finding a sinner who's lost. But I want you to also think about it in a different way. I don't want you to only think about the lost. I want you to think about me lost. Uh, and not just me specifically, and I know that's grammatically incorrect, but it rhymes, so it worked. Uh, I want you to think about yourself. Because we read these parables and it's really easy to naturally go to other people. To go to thinking about other people being lost and what it takes to reach out to them but i think it also applies to us and maybe it's even more needed uh, at times when we look at our own life and think about ourselves being lost this statement goes with both facts ourselves being lost and others being lost do something drastic because if something small would have worked you would have done it a long time ago when you've lost it when you've lost it spiritually, do something drastic, because if something small would have worked, you would have done it a long time ago. Uh, y'all know me as Married Bo, and that's a beautiful, good thing. Uh, but for a long time, I was, "Why aren't you married, Bo?" Uh, to to the people in Peachtree City, I, I was this whole different person. I was. You've got this beautiful girl that came down to see us like year one in Georgia. Why aren't you married to her, Bo? Yes, I had commitment issues. And this is part of being a minister's wife that you get to hear your story over and over again from up here. But there is a moment in our relationship, a defining moment, um, literally a relationship defining moment, where Chelsea finally stepped up her game. Uh, I hope it wasn't a game, but... Uh, she stepped it up, and if I wasn't going to commit, I was going to lose her. And, and this was this was a tough situation for me because this is non-committal, Bo. This is a whole different boat, not married, Bo. That you know, and I was in this situation of, am I going to risk that? And I can remember we had had Vacation Bible School. This is in the heart of summer. The uh, heart of summer. Uh, we've had just a crazy summer right in the middle of mid July. And I've been running our Vacation Bible School in Georgia, and I got to Wednesday night, last night, finished, and I got home. My intern was living with me at that point, and it was about 8 o'clock at night. We'd just finished up, and it hit me, and I was like, I've got to drive to Tennessee. And, and, and what hit me was, I've got to do something big because I've done something small or done so little for so long and so I drove up and I did this grand romantic gesture that you can ask me at another time and I'll get into the details. Um, but it worked, obviously. You see, I understood that at that point, it wasn't time to do something small anymore. It was time to do something big. And um, for ourselves, when we've lost it spiritually, when we're just truly struggling spiritually to the point where we've lost it, it's not time to do something small anymore. Because if something small would have worked, you would have done it a long time ago. It's time to step your game up. It's time to do something big. Uh, When it comes to losing it, you have to first notice that it's gone. And that sounds like something simple. But I think noticing it's gone can be pretty complicated. My mom had a little game that she liked to play when I was gone to college. Uh, It was called Take Clothes from Bo's Closet. You see, I have this bad habit of, not that I'm this super materialistic and I don't have this just, well, I do have a pretty big wardrobe, uh, but I don't just have this wardrobe that I wear everything, but I have this problem, and probably ladies can nod your head about your husbands, that I may not wear a shirt, but I'll say this, that shirt's still good. I, I might wear it next season. I might wear it next year. And my mom, I would say this to her, and she would notice that these certain shirts would just hang in my closet for years or months and years. And so what she started doing, one time I came home from college, and I noticed my closet looked a little thinner. And she had gone through, and she honestly told me, she said, I've taken several of the shirts out. I have them bagged up. If you can tell me any shirt that's missing, I will give it back to you. And I couldn't. Uh, It's a great way to clean out your kids or your husband's closet if you'd like. Maybe, guys, I would not try that with your wash stuff. Uh, But what it showed me when it came to those clothes, those shirts, is that I didn't really value them. They weren't really that high on my list because I couldn't even tell that I'd lost them. There's so much busyness going on in there that I didn't even notice what was really there we've lost it spiritually I think sometimes we can struggle to identify that so I think at times there's so much busyness that we mistake as faith that we cannot notice when our faith's struggling we can miss the fact that our faith is struggling that there's something missing when it comes to our relationship with God you have to clean out your life uh, to the point where you notice if God's missing where you notice if you've actually lost something. Because we would all sit here tonight and we would say, we value this, we value God and our relationship with him above everything. But how many of us even really notice when we're going through a real struggle? Maybe we've gotten to the point where we don't anymore. Uh, You have to notice when it's gone. When you've lost it, you search like crazy for it. After you've noticed that you lost it, you have to notice it first, but when you've lost it, you search like crazy for it. In these parables in Luke 15 and verse 8, we see the parable of the woman who's lost one of her ten coins. And we see what she does. She does whatever it takes to find it. It says she lights a lamp and she sweeps out the house. In other words, she's going to find that coin, just like any of us would. She's going to search until it's found. Think about this first part, the light. This shield light a lamp in order to see more clearly. Now sometimes that's exactly what we need. Sometimes that's exactly what we need to be willing to do. In John chapter 1, when John's opening, he's talking about our God as light. And he says in verse 4, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. In him was life. Life was light. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So we've lost it and we're trying to find it. It has to start with bringing light back into our life. Sometimes we've let Jesus go out of our life. And because of that, we live in a really dark place and we can't even find what we're looking for because we don't have God to shine light on what it is that's missing. And after the light, it says, she sweeps out the entire house. In other words, what it's saying in our language is she's willing to go through the trash to get to the treasure just willing to do whatever it takes to get there. Maybe you at some point have lost something in a trash can. Uh, maybe it was a retainer back in the day. Uh, maybe now more likely you're sitting and you have a tray and you leave your cell phone or your keys sitting on it. And because that was something that was so valuable to you, you were willing to go and dig through other people's food scraps and other people's trash Because you knew it was so valuable and you would do what it took to find it. See, when we've lost it, we have to want it back so bad that we're going to be willing to go through whatever trash we have to to be able to get back to the treasure. See, that trash is a lot of things. I think for us, sometimes it's our trash from our past. Sometimes it's trash from our past that we're not dealing with. I know there are people in here tonight that have trash in their past, things that keep us from getting back to God because we've honestly never dealt with them or that in a healthy way. And for some of us, it's trashing our presence, present. It's trash that we're going through right now. It's stuff that's keeping us away from God right now. So when we've lost it, we've got to do whatever it takes. We've got to search like crazy to get it back. So I love this switch here. We have the parable of the lost sheep and you have the parable of the lost coin but then the parable of the lost son is a parable that's totally different Uh, it has a lot of the same main points but it's really such a totally different parable and i think that's why we relate to it to it and it clicks with us so much in this parable it starts to talk about people Uh, it starts to talk about this relationship and i think every single person in here relates to somebody In this story that Jesus tells. Either relate to older brother, younger brother, the father. You get this. You understand it. When you've lost it, we're usually mainly to blame. That's a hard thing to get to that point and admit. When we've lost it spiritually, what do we like to do? If you've ever lost something in a relationship, we usually like to point fingers, right? Maybe you've had a friendship that's drifted and in that friendship that's drifted you finally hit that day where you say what happened to us and you say what happened to us you tell me you're the one who stopped calling no you stopped calling me we like to point a lot of fingers when relationships get distant but really we should be pointing the fingers at ourselves because there's something that has happened there when we meet this young son It's kind of obvious in his situation. At the beginning in Luke 15 and verse 12, it says, The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. Notice three things that the son says. He says, Father, give me. And then he sets off. He leaves. He leaves. He leaves what place was a good place for him, and then he spent it all on wild living. Uh, He he just was frivolous and wasteful uh, and sinful with the way he used it. So we look at this young son, and we can say, obviously, he was selfish. It starts with just a selfish statement that was not accepted during that day and time of saying to his father, Give me my inheritance. Saying to his father, "Give me what I really don't have my right to yet," and then he goes off and he does exactly what probably his parents we would fear would happen. He goes off and he leaves and he wastes it and spends it all on himself. We're usually the main ones to blame. How often does our selfishness is our selfishness the root of our problems? If we really evaluated our distance from God when we've lost it, how often is our selfishness at the root of our problems? And when you've lost it, there's a sense of desperation. So this story of the young man uh, is one of my favorites, one of my favorite parables that Jesus tells. And when he lost it, there was this sense of desperation. In verse 14 it said, After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. He hit rock bottom. Not in a good way. Not in a healthy way. He wasn't there yet. He hit literal rock bottom where he was hungry for slop. He would do anything just to have a bite, and he couldn't even have that. He truly hit rock bottom. He hit this point of desperation, but he still wasn't ready to go yet. And I think about that with us. I think about when we've lost it spiritually. Sometimes, from an outside perspective, and that's why we need each other. We don't see it, and we keep fighting it because when we made this decision to leave it behind, what we're trying to prove is I didn't need it. I didn't need God. I didn't really need this in my life. And so we keep trying to fight and prove it on our own. And so he wasn't quite ready, even though he'd hit rock bottom. He wasn't going back yet. And we look at this and we're like, that doesn't make sense. Why did you even get to that point before you make this realization you're about to make? Why did you get that far gone before you came to this point? We do the exact same thing. In Joel chapter 2, verse 12 and 13, it says, Even now, declares the Lord, return to me. With all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. This is the same God. This it the same God that we still serve today, but we have the same dilemma that God's sitting here and he's saying, Return. But we, from an outside perspective, say return. It just makes sense. Leave this slot behind. Leave this life behind, and we keep fighting because sometimes we hit rock bottom and we're still not ready to come back to God. When you've lost it, I think there's often an epiphany. There's often an epiphany. There's this moment when everything makes sense. In verse 17, it says, when he came to his senses. How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare and here I am starving to death. There's this moment where he started to kind of put it all together. Uh, This is a moment where he says, what am I doing kind of moment where he says I can go back. And I, I think this is the moment in our own spiritual life when this happens is where growth happens. See, God has a beautiful way of taking our greatest tragedies and turning them into our greatest ministries. He takes these things that we go through, these horrible times in our life. This was a horrible time. I I think we're left out some of the details, but this was awful the way He was living in every way. And He takes this, and it's this point where He is about to grow. This point where he realizes he has an opportunity for something better and he's willing to humbly beg for it. To humbly go back towards it. And see, I think with us, when we've lost everything spiritually, when we've left God, when we realize that we've lost God in our life, it's at the point where we had the opportunity to grow the most. This realization that I can come back and that God's going to take me back. is a point where God is ready to to do big things in your life we think God's done with us and God's just getting started Uh, that's that's such a beautiful thing about our guys that we think God is done we often look at ourselves and if you've ever been in this situation and I know not this one exactly but I think most people in here can relate to being young and making bad decisions selfish decisions and we think we're done We look at our mistakes, we look at our past, and we think we're done, and God's saying, I'm just getting started with you. Now you're able to truly be one of my ministers. Now you're truly able to be my servant. When you've lost it, there's a long walk home. When you've lost it, there's a long walk home. After this epiphany, this moment where things make sense, in verse 18 it says, I will set out and I will go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. This journey back had to be one that was so tough, uh, it was so hard, and that was so long. Then, as a young man, he'd walked the same path a few years before, months before, however long it took with so much excitement. That was selfish. He he was wrong. I think he's finally made it to that point. But you think the difference of going down this path and he has this idea of I don't need that life and I'm going towards something better and I have all this money and I have a new me waiting out in front of me. And now he realizes that he was wrong. So he has this long walk home to think about who he's been, to think about what he's done, to think about the pain he's caused. And honestly, I can't imagine how much he would have doubted what he was about to walk back into, how much would have gone through his mind about, will my dad ever take me back? Because we have this realization of, I don't deserve it. I was sitting here and I was, I was thinking about this long walk home and sometimes for us it's like a long aisle or if you're in the balcony, I, you know I, I don't know I don't know that many have ever come. I'm sure there have been, but you walk down the stairs and down the aisle that you make this change in your life and it, it can be like a long, long, long walk home. It can be intimidating, it can be scary. It can at times not feel like we're walking towards something that's gonna end well when you found it the rest of the things seem so small see it's not just the son that's lost it and found it it's the father I think that's a beautiful way that this all ties together is we're thinking of the son coming home and finding his life back but it's really the father that's found his son He's found his lost sheep. He's found his son that's coming home towards him. And in verse 20, it says, But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Uh, I love this part of the story because it would be so awesome to watch. And at the same time, it was so the opposite of everything that this son was expecting. This son, as he sees his father in the distance, waiting for him, and probably as he sees his dad start, because it says from a long way off, as he sees his father start to run towards him, he's probably not expecting a hug, if we're honest. He's probably not expecting him to run and to embrace him and to kiss him. But that's exactly what he does. See, I think sometimes we feel like it's that long while out. We feel like it's that long walk that's so intimidating to come back to God. And all the time that we're sitting here and we're beating ourselves up and we're saying I'm not worthy and we're saying there's no way I can come back and there's no way I'm going to be different, God is sitting and waiting on the front porch for the moment when we come back into sight and he's going to come and run to us and embrace us and kiss us because he's been waiting for this since the moment we walked away from him. The moment we were lost, he was waiting to find us again, waiting for us to come home. One of my favorite things about being in the Atlanta airport was watching soldiers come home. Uh, if you've never done it, if you've never been there, there's so many of the soldiers that are deployed out of Atlanta. It's you know the one of the largest international airports. And it was such a beautiful thing whenever you're flying out of Atlanta. To be able to stand right there and to see all these people, sometimes families, sometimes strangers, just with signs welcoming people home. And to see this soldier's welcome that we talk about. These families and these people that are just grateful for what's going on. These embraces. I want you to know that's the way it should always be when it comes to our welcome back. When it comes to somebody who's lost and they're found we should always throw our arms open and hug them and run towards them and love on them no matter what's happened in the past. Don't forget how hard this had to be. Don't forget that this was real pain that this would be of what's happened to the Father. But it just didn't matter. The same thing with us. When they come home, when we come home it's just not a big deal anymore we should run and embrace and love the person when we found it we want to talk about the past and God's ready to move forward Now, I'm not saying there is a healthy way that we deal with the past and we hash things out uh, and we should always cope and get things out in the open but uh absolutely love what happens here in verse 21 it says the son said to him even after his dad's run and he's embraced him he's kissed him the son you can almost see in tears he clears his throat throat) father i have sinned against heaven and against you i am no longer worthy to be called your son this rehearsed speech that he's had ready for so long before he can even finish and ask to be just with his servants But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robes and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. See, he was so ready to keep talking about his past. And like I said, I think there's healthy ways we do that and need to heal. But while he's sitting here and talking about his past, the father's already ready to move on to the future. When it comes to finding our God back when you've lost it, Don't spend so much time dwelling in the past that you never move on to the future because you have a beautiful and wonderful future that God has planned for you. And know that. It's kind of this wouldn't let him finish moment. Uh, Kind of like a Jerry Maguire, you had me at hello kind of moment. Uh, You didn't have to say anything else. You don't have to say anything else, son. I love you. You are here. You are back. Understand that When you find it, sometimes there's still people that have issues with it. And this is on us. The father gets this, forgives his son before the other son does. And for most of us, I think we probably maybe felt a little guilt over that because we we think it totally makes sense, the other son's reaction. When we read it, we're like, yeah, I get that. Maybe I would react the exact same way. And to have some patience when we are coming back because know that our God gets it sometimes before we do, but that's still not an excuse. It's not an excuse for us not to get there. For us not to get there to the point where we forgive in the same way that our Father forgives, that we get past it in the way our Father forgives. And then there's one thing that when you've lost it and you're found that goes through all these stories, and that's that they all throw a party. And every single one of these lost parables, they celebrate. I'm not talking about a minor celebration. They celebrate. They throw this big bash because lost was found. Dead is now alive. It's a beautiful thing, and we need to celebrate too. Any time when we've lost someone and they're found, or when we've lost it, spiritually and we're found we need to celebrate this occasion when you found it you give anything for it so jesus tells these other parables of the pearl of great price and the hidden treasure found in the field in both of these parables we see pretty much the exact same message when they find the pearl or the treasure they go and sell everything they have and buy what they found. See, we struggle so much when we've lost it because we're not really willing to sell everything for what we found. We're, we're not really willing to give everything up for what we found. And See, when we found a treasure that's so great, it just makes sense. We found a treasure that is by far worth so much more than everything we have. We were talking about this Wednesday night in our class. You don't, you don't go home and say, okay, let me pull out my accounts, let me open up and let me tally, tally all my liabilities, and these are my assets, and I think I could do this. No, when you find something that's this great, you don't even have to count. It doesn't show them going and trying to weigh the options. They just go and immediately sell everything because they found something that's worth it all. When you found something that's worth it all, you'll give up everything else. When we found God, we realized, truly found him, that he's worth it all, and he's worth giving up everything else to find him. End with the same way we started. If you have lost it, If you lost God and you're trying to find your way back, trying to find your way back to maybe a moment or a time when it was different, a moment or time when your faith was there, do something drastic. And and that's not the same for all of us, honestly. Uh, Do something big, do something different because if what you were doing had worked or something small would have worked, you would have done it a long time ago. Be willing to do whatever it takes to get back to God. If we can help you in any way at all to start that journey tonight, would you come as we stand and sing?